0: And welcome to the Rough Cut Retrospective, episode 163, a podcast that talks about movies, television, pop culture, Ghibli? In the midst of a world burning around us, I'm your host, just a child going on a little whimsical quest, Carter Sims, and I'm joined, as always, by a man who has no plot, but the vibes are immaculate. That's right. It's Jackson Mahurin. Hey there, you little dust mite.
1: What's up? Oh, I like the dust mites. That's a, that's a great uh, compliment. I'm you're, a soot you're so welcome.
0: Woo! Oh, soot. Yeah, that's right. Soot spray. Yeah. That's even cuter. Sorry about that. You're cuter than a dust mite. Congratulations. <laughs> How are you? Good Hanukkah? I am so
1: good. Had a great Hanukkah. I hope you did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's been eight crazy nights.
0: Uh, yeah, it's been really good. Uh, contrary to popular belief, not an Adam Sandler episode today uh, based <laughs> on eight crazy nights. No, today... Uh, Jackson and I are discussing a little Ghibli, Studio Ghibli conversation about mm-hmm. our, our favorite movies from the, the Japanese studio, animation studio. We'll get into all of that and maybe talk about The Boy and the Heron, which we've uh, both seen which mm-hmm. is exciting. We didn't yeah. know if we would get to, but we did it just for you guys the listeners. So we'll get into all that in a little bit but first, Jackson, tell me something, boy
1: Tell me something, boy
0: what were you into this Hanukkah week? Yeah, I was into a few things.
1: Uh, first, we did a couple of new watches of some uh, Studio Ghibli stuff, which was really fun. Really nice. loved that, um, including The Boy and the Heron, which maybe we'll get into our theater experiences later. But it was really good. It was the busiest my uh, my theater has been that I've really? been to, which is crazy because we went last night on a Tuesday um, at like six p.m., and we're like, surely there will be nobody here. We might have this place to ourselves. There was a line out the door. Uh, hey. and it was really cold. Uh, so so that was fun. Nice, um, really good experience there. Um, I did a rewatch of Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which I believe is my first rewatch since we've talked about it on the podcast, and it was Ooh. fantastic once again. Very nice. Um, I watched that on Canopy. So you know, go to your local library and see if you have some uh, free access to that because it is a great streaming service for free if you just have a library card not many people know about this
0: mm, get big the library polls. guy
1: um pokemon go to the library thank you and get your canopy Um, uh, which is good i rewatched nice. elf with abby and our friend watched really the other yeah. day yeah banger holds up holds up it's great um it honestly has become a background movie at this point where like we were just doing other stuff while we watched it and well so it's good. a it's so a lockbox
0: movie like you could probably oh, totally. quote that whole movie yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: um and then finally i watched this movie that was new to me and i think i t- talked to you immediately after i watched it I was like you need to watch this and it's called the family stone mm, yeah. and basically this is a christmas movie that our guest was like oh we should watch this too i've watched this and it's funny and this is like Such a bad movie. (laughs) But in like the craziest way. So the cast is Sarah Jessica Parker, Diane Keaton, Luke Wilson, Claire Danes, Rachel McAdams, and Craig T. Nelson. Stacked. And it's a stacked cast. And essentially, it's like this guy, he's bringing home his girlfriend... For like Christmas and everyone hates the girlfriend and it's like supposed to be this journey of this girlfriend like winning over the family and Mm -hmm. it is not that she is so Sarah Jessica Parker who is the main character Uh is maybe out of like a normal movie like she's not a murderer or anything like that she's like a regular everyday person this is the worst version of a regular person you could ever be in your life like (laughs) she is such a monster in this movie. Uh, but like, is like the victim all the way through, like at one point she insults, uh, her partner's, uh, gay deaf brother who has a black boyfriend and like, does like, oh, what race is your baby going to be? And, oh, I just wish my kid wouldn't be gay. And it became like this whole thing and it was awful. And she's, she got mad at everybody else, but Carter, I'm going to spoil it for you right now because this is insane.
0: The Family Stone? You're going to spoil it for me? I'm going to spoil
1: The Family Stone. You should still see it because I predicted this almost immediately. Like I feel like they're projecting it. Okay. Uh, as soon as you go, go in. the The brother is not Luke Wilson. I mean, Luke Wilson is a brother, but that's not the one that she's dating. But by the end of the movie, she dates him. Like she leaves her her partner to be with Luke Wilson, and then her partner leaves her to be with her sister, who also visits on like visits and stays with them and it's so stupid um, need to watch this movie it's so bad i loved it it's i gave it two brain. stars it was probably like a one star but it was so entertaining
0: a generous it, two stars. i gave it another one
1: yeah it was awesome
0: i'm just reading your review everyone is so messy in this lmao <laughs> amazing it's amazing Good stuff. Well, I guess it's on Hulu. Okay, check go check it yeah, out. Yeah,
1: check that out. <laughs> it might need to be like a punishment movie for the compadres at some point because it is
0: brutal. I'll make Lauren watch it with me, and she'll probably be like, "That was cute." So we'll I think see. she'd like it. Like it's so. it's
1: funny. It's like reality TV if it was just a movie instead. Seems up her alley. That'll
0: be great. Wonderful. Wow. Okay, you had a busy week. I love it.
1: Oh um, yeah. What about
0: you? Uh, for me, um, I haven't even mentioned this, but I've been plugging through Veep. I have been just nice, chugging nice. along. I have never watched it. I'm on season three now, so I'm really just just going, and it's it's lovely. So I'm enjoying that journey. Um, I know. I think you guys watched it. At least Bebo watched it. The Love Has Won documentary on Max. She watched that. I think when we were recording
1: last, week. Oh, so, so you I missed it. I, I missed it, <laughs> but everyone else was having a, a blast watching it. Apparently,
0: pretty wild. Uh, just some lovely, you know, cult stuff. People thinking that they're God and. And all that jazz, selling drugs. Who's
1: amongst us, Carter. You know,
0: who who hasn't drank silver because <laughs> they think it <laughs> cures all? You know, it's great stuff. Uh, so that was pretty wild. Lauren and I breezed through that, just a little three episodes. Um, Colts are crazy. Um, for the first time, I watched the OG Mad Max this week. Oh, nice. Okay. And I just got to say, it is crazy that this became like a, a phenomenon. <laughs> like, this is a really it's strange, a franchise. Yeah, like just a really weird indie Australian movie mm-hmm. that is just like really wacky. And then, and then that's, I guess, this and Mad Max Fury Road are the only ones I've ever seen. And the fact that we went from whatever this was to Fury Road is incredible. It's, to me. it's different. So, I
1: haven't seen the original at all or any other ones. Like, I started with. Fury Road. Yeah.
0: I started with Fury Road and they're just wacky. But I watched the Furiosa trailer and I was like, I want to go back and see what all this is about. So I'm, <laughs> I'm slowly... still intrigued
1: by Furiosa. Like, I feel like it's either going to be, I don't know, I feel like it could be a flop. Like, maybe it's the Indiana Jones of this year. But yeah, I don't know. It, it
0: can also be really fun because I loved Fury Road. Who knows? Chris Pratt or not Chris Pratt, geez. Chris Hemsworth doing mm-hmm. the looks like Fat Thor again. So he's got like a prosthetic nose. Yeah. I think that's what it is, more yeah. than anything. We'll see what what's going on there. But I love Anya Taylor-Joy, so we'll see what, what goes on there. So yes, check that out. Lauren and I last night went to see Wish, mm. uh, the new Disney flick. And I will just say that I think it's a little overhated. I think it's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. It didn't blow blow me away by any means, but it's cute. And nostalgic for the Disney fans, very nostalgic. And like, there's little Disney Easter eggs throughout to celebrate their 100 years. Woo! But (sighs) I will say that like, much like Moana or like Frozen or Encanto, I don't think any of these songs are going to stand the test of time in this Mm. Disney movie. So, so there's that. I think it's pretty forgettable when it's all said and done, but it was fine. I wasn't offended by it, but I wasn't like, whoa, go check out Wish. So yeah, it was fine. It was cute. Lauren and I both enjoyed it. So there was that. We were also the only ones in the theater, if that tells you how nice. well this movie's doing. So, <laughs> um, and we went on a Tuesday night, $5 ticket Tuesday and no one was in there. Nice. So, what can you do? Uh, and then finally I checked out on Netflix, leave the world behind, which is this new, uh, Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Ethan mm. Hawke, like a, a bumping cast, Kevin Bacon. Ooh. Um, yeah, based on a novel, uh, kind Of a post apocalyptic novel, and I think Corbin drafted it. Uh, it's pretty good. The ending is a little sticky and doesn't quite land it, but there's some interesting ideas in there. I would recommend it, uh, because the performances are great. Everyone's just got such charm. I love everyone involved is, in the movie. So,
1: is that the one that like talks about like this kid watching friends, like in yes, the apocalypse or something? That's cool, that's Correct. Neat.
0: And the whole time she's like, because like they lose Wi Fi because of the apocalypse and i won't spoil yeah. what the apocalypse is and she's just like her whole strife is just she doesn't know how friends ends and she's upset by that and i'm like relatable i get it I, I, if it's it, <laughs> it awesome. the apocalypse for me I physical be media like, guys i know and that made me scared i, I came out of that and i was like i need to go buy some dvds so I, yeah
1: it's a netflix wait like it came out through netflix right yeah dude, it,
0: so i don't know how to yeah. get my hands on I, that yeah mm-hmm. that's crazy I'm scared i'm really scared anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's another apocalypse we may talk about someday so we're in it um before we get to some ghibli stuff i want to bring back uh, dust off an old uh an old relic and go to newsflash you think you're too cool for school but i got a newsflash for you walter cronkite you aren't and goody oldie but a goody uh, baby i just want to talk about golden globes because we got some nominations on Mm -hmm. sunday or monday can't remember which but we got some golden globe noms i just want to point out the journey we've been on with the golden globes first and foremost that the hollywood foreign press association which was the group behind the awards uh there were some boycotts about them because they were corrupt and they were bribed and they were nominating things because of you know payoffs and things like that and Bad stuff. NBC did not air a 2022 show, but they still did the awards, which was just iconic stuff there. Uh, since that time, the Globes kind of have worked to expand their membership, clean up its guidelines, reorganize itself. Uh, the HFPA is no longer a thing. It's a new organization now, so they've kind of cleaned that up. And so the show will be telecast this year, but by, um, not by NBC, which is, has been in the past, but it will be on CBS, which is interesting. Mm. And it'll also be streaming on Paramount+. Plus. On um, Paramount, is, that's yeah. that's nice. So that's cool. So maybe that'll increase numbers for this. I don't know. But yeah, that's kind of where we are with the Globes. And I just wanted to hit some, some quick points about them because, I mean, I think historically we were always like, oh, the Globes are a good sign for Oscar noms, but I don't think mm-hmm. that's much the case anymore. But it's still interesting to see that... Um, what happened? So Barbie is uh, the leader in all nominations. 10 nods, which is the second most nominated in its 81-year history of the show. So that's kind of neat. Wow. Uh, so go uh, go, Barbie. Oppenheimer's next with eight nominations, which is cool. So as you know, the Golden Globes, they deviate between drama and comedy slash musical, Yeah, which is just wonderful. Insane. <laughs> uh, so... Just for the picture noms this year, the top drama prize, uh, the fighting will be between Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Anatomy of a Fall, The Zone of Interest, and Past Lives. So it's a pretty decent um, decent lineup there. And if you couldn't tell, the nominations are not five, it's six. Everyone has six nominations for some reason. I don't know why. They made that up. Power to them, I guess. Um, for Best Comedy Slash Musical... We have there's one surprise in here. We have Barbie, American Fiction, Four Things, May, December, the Holdovers, and Air. Air sneaks in. Oh. So shout out to Air there. Um, but what you might be noticing here, which might not bode well for, you know, some Oscar predictions, that the color purple not showing up mm. uh in best comedy or musical category here, which that feels like a very globesy movie to me.
1: Isn't it also a like, just straight up a musical, too? Like, that's yeah, like, the musical of the year, probably, That's where right? the
0: category, that's where you would put it. So, yeah, I don't know. Don't know what that means. Huh. It has, like, two acting nominations in the Globes, but, yeah, no picture nom. So, I don't know what that bodes well for its Oscar chances. We'll see what happens with that. Not sure. Um, but, yeah. Uh, in TV, I think, you know, Succession, The Bear... Only Murders in the Building are the Biggies. I think Succession will probably clean up if I had to guess in the drama category. Yeah. Hopefully. I don't know. That would be my fingers crossed. Uh, I haven't checked out The Bear yet. Where Lauren and I are going to watch that. So I want to watch that too. We're getting on that. But yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Just quick sh- surprises and, and kind of things that I noticed. The first thing is that uh, there is a new category this year, which the Oscars kind of tried. But this category is called Cinematic and Box Office Achievement. Uh, So they're going to give an award to one of these movies that they deem a cinematic and box office achievement. The nominees are Barbie, Guardians 3, John Wick 4, Dead Reckoning Part 1, Oppenheimer, Across the Spider-Verse, Super Mario Brothers, and The Eras Tour.
1: So is this like that one time when the Oscars were going to do those two categories and then they like bailed?
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think the Globes were like, fuck it, let's try it. <laughs> I don't know how we determine a winner. I don't know what the qualifications are or like what we're deeming it off of. Like, is it box office earnings? Is it? like I don't know what the parameters are. So I think it's still a little yeah. fuzzy, but I don't know. We'll, we'll yeah. see what happens there. I don't know what what that entails. So we'll see what happens there. And then just some quick noms I wanted to mention. Jennifer Lawrence nominated for No Hard Feelings, which is That's fun. That's awesome. Nice comedy nod. I love that. And I just want to list off the actor and musical or comedy category because it is is wild. Uh, we have Nicolas Cage in Dream Scenario. Amazing. Timothy Chalamet in Wonka. That feels very globesy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt Damon in Air, very globesy. Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers, expected. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction, expected. And then Joaquin Phoenix, Bo is Afraid. So, ooh, okay. That's quite quite a really surprising mix there of, yeah. of things. And then just the final one is that best original song. Three Barbie songs are nominated. So, shout out to them. Great stuff there. Um, That's insane. Yeah. I love it. Kind of the Globes, little Globes overview that they air on January 7th, I believe. So maybe we'll come back and be like, oh, that was wild. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe we'll watch it. I don't know. I don't even really know who's hosting, if anyone's hosting. So we'll see what happens. I don't know anything much more. So that's our little news flash for you. And now, Jackson, let's get into some Ghibli talk. Let's go into my precious. And Amazing. today, uh, as mentioned, we're going to talk about Studio Ghibli movies in honor of The Boy and the Heron or Why Do You Live, which is what it's still called in Japan. I think it should have still be, been called that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think The Boy and the Heron may have been more marketable. I don't know. Well, who's to say there? But let me first start with uh, some background on Studio Ghibli with Great Scott. Great. Got and just some brief, some brief things in case people don't know what Studio Ghibli is. Uh, I didn't really know until like much later in my adult life, what Ghibli was and the whole, the whole uh, hype around it. So Studio Ghibli obviously is a Japanese animation studio. Uh, the name Ghibli, I didn't know this, was chosen by Miyazaki from the Italian noun Ghibli, uh, which is a name for a hot desert wind, which is kind of cool.
1: And, I think it's also, I just watched a video about it. I think it's mm-hmm. also like a part of a plane and he, cause he was obsessed with planes. And yes. so I think that's like something with some Italian model of fighter plane or something.
0: Yeah. The name was the chosen by Miyazaki due to his passion for aviation, as you said, and yeah. also for the idea that the studio would quote, blow a new wind through the anime industry. So that's kind of neat. Wow. Really, love that. Uh, been around since 85, uh, headed by Miyazaki. Uh, and other directors, Iseo Takahata, and producer Toshio Suzuki. And and yeah, it, the studio was founded after the success of the 1984 film Nausicaä of the Valley of the Wind, which I almost checked out this week, but then I didn't. Um, so they've been making films, shorts, television programs ever since, several different distributors. At one time it was Disney, and they uh, lost those rights because Disney was kind of... a. Uh, douchey. And then in uh, 2013, this is the best part. You'll find this comes up time and time again, that Miyazaki announced his retirement. Not the first time he's done this. Uh, (laughs) He's a dirty liar and we love him for it. And... And yeah, he announced his retirement after this movie too, at the the boy in the hair. And he's like, nah, I'm still going. <laughs> and <So> he's back. <laughs> he's back, baby. He's like the Brett Favre of of directors. It's great, amazing. Um, so now the all these movies are distributed by G Kids internationally, which is kind of how we get to see them in in America. And known probably by us, I would say, for their redubbing using pretty mainstream actors, big names. Uh, the most recent film, The Boy and the Heron, is an example of that. Very much so. Uh, a lot of big names in this one. So, yeah. Uh, let me first ask Jackson before we kind of get into Boy and the Heron overall thoughts, because spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about it because I it, it might be in my top five. Just saying that ahead of mm-hmm. time. Uh, but what was what's your animation? Not just with Ghibli, but like anime in general. Like, are you a big anime guy i i never was a big anime guy other than like the last airbender but
1: and that like doesn't really yeah uh yeah yeah i think for me and most kids uh like us growing up in indiana uh, it was like our influence our in, like intro to like anime was probably either airbender or like the Teen Titans cartoon which is like yeah. very Americanized anime mm-hmm. Um, some of my friends they watch a lot of anime uh, I, I've watched like one or two shows but like I, it's nothing that I like devoutly watch because I feel like people who like are really into anime only watch that and like nothing else because there's such a wide variety of like different types of shows and movies that like oh, yeah. You could you could want like just watch this forever and like not even like put a dent into like what exists out there, which is pretty crazy.
0: No, there's just there's so much, and at least every person that I know who watches anime like pretty religiously mm-hmm. is like just incredibly passionate about it. Like, yeah, there's such a breadth of of content of quality, uh Ghibli aside, which is probably my main influence other than. Like you said, Avatar, I don't know, Dragon Ball if that counts. I don't know. Dragon Ball
1: counts. I I never watched it though. I I watched a little Dragon Ball.
0: Yeah. So I didn't know what was going on, but I was like, this looks cool. So uh so what was your first foray into like Ghibli stuff? Do you remember what it was? Your like introduction to Studio Ghibli?
1: For me, it was really recently. I think my first ever uh time watching it was like two years ago um mm. where i watched a movie with abby and i want to say which one because that's maybe my top one maybe somewhere Hey-o. in there my top 5 so nice um yeah so it's been like a very recent journey into it and it's been very fun uh we've had a few of these movies on the wheel of reel i think i've discussed like in like the past couple of months that have been fun mm-hmm. uh to get to and yeah they're just really really nice and it's been recent for me but has
0: it been longer for you it actually not as recent as you but not as long as you. What am I saying? I saw it for the first time in Covid was when I first mm. introduced myself to it. <laughs> uh I won't mention also what the first movie was that introduced me to it. I don't know if it's the same one as you, but it's in my top 5, so let's we'll, we'll talk about that, but yes. but yeah, just a world of of uh cinema that I was not really aware of that I've always heard of that I really dip my toe into and i've i've quite enjoyed it so jackson how would you describe the films of studio ghibli it's hard to hard to encapsulate Mm. but how would you how would you describe them i think they're
1: so comforting yes like they're very cozy movies Mm um like i would say like almost like obviously this it was amazing seeing The Boy and the Heron in theaters like that was my first ever Ghibli theater uh, experience. I, I still think I prefer like a cozy couch mm. watching of, of these movies just because it is so cozy and comforting. Um yeah, which I really love.
0: Yeah, they're um, just like I don't know, it's always it's like a they like tacky tacky. They tackle like really heavy subject matters Mm -hmm. through the lens of a child. Yeah. Which is pretty impressive. And it's also always just very whimsical and and imaginative and very, very surreal and fantasy land type of deal. And I just, it feels very different than other animation studios to me. I, I guess your, your closest comp would be Pixar, but I think Pixar is like trying to do, something it's still, it, a little different
1: yeah they want to take themselves seriously in a way that i think ghibli is like very cool with being like silly goofy and like mm-hmm. weird and maybe off-putting at times but like that's kind of the vision and they just stick to it like i don't know like even in this most recent one there were some choices that i was like that is so weird who would do but that Okay, right yeah but like here we are and like
0: that's awesome and i think that's a testament well maybe i'll wait till till we get there when we talk about boy and the heron but but I just feel like Studio Ghibli films, I just feel like it's always so refreshing to still see hand-drawn animation mm-hmm. done well. Uh, I know like a couple of years ago, Ghibli put out a 3D animation one, like Earwig and the It Witch or something, something mm-hmm. like that. And it was Miyazaki's son that made it. And I think that everyone kind of agreed that it was like not in Like It wasn't the vibe of Ghibli. It was really kind of an outlier. And I think just the traditional methods of like the frame by frame coloring everything by hand is still just really lovely to see in, at least in 2023 still Uh, all these movies use like bright colors and they have this like joyful aesthetic. And like you said, they're just, they're just so cozy and I don't know what that is. If it's just like the painted backgrounds and all the scenes or I, I don't, I don't know what it is, but, all these movies, again, like I mentioned, they tackle these, like pretty much every movie is like focused on the lives of the youth uh, in, in Japan, at least the like always talking about these themes of like the progress to tradition and environmentalism with the natural mm-hmm. world. And, and the really cool thing, I think, at least from Miyazaki's perspective, which I think we'll be talking a lot about, even though Ghibli is not strictly Miyazaki movies, but. I think our top five will probably all be Miyazaki's. Maybe mm-hmm. I have one outlier, which is fun, mm-hmm. but um, they all m- usually have female protagonists, mm-hmm. which is like really cool. Cause I think we're all just used to seeing male protagonists in these kind of movies. And it's just so refreshing to, to see that yeah. and to, to see a man, like a, an 80 year old man still like doing that is like really neat. So yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just thought I should mention like the Miyazaki stuff is only like 50% of Ghibli's works, even though we'll probably primarily be talking about Miyazaki. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so I think that kind of covers it. Um, I don't know what to do here because I want to talk about the boy and the heron, but is it going to be on your top five list? Yeah, let's just talk about it. Oh, okay, cool. Let's do that.
1: Where's yours placed?
0: I put mine at number four.
1: Mine's at three. So okay. That's good. Let's
0: let's start with this then, because obviously it's the most recent one that we just saw. Yeah. And uh so tell me about you already talked about it briefly, your theater experience. You waited in the line in the cold. Waited
1: in line in the cold. We got in, it was super cozy. It was literally the busiest this little theater has ever been. Uh I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And it was like a pretty, pretty big theater. I would say like my theater was packed um for the most part for the standards of of this theater. And it was just a fun experience. Like, I feel like whenever like certain weird things would happen, uh, like everyone would kind of gasp and whenever like the little white ghosty, like, like fluffy blubbery uh-huh. creatures that were jumping and bouncing around appeared. You can see everyone like turning to their friend and being like, <gasps> and it was like, just so fun. Like it, like every single person in the theater was like excited to like, look at some cute little animation with their friends and, it was really fun. And there was a huge age range. I saw some kids. I saw a lot of college kids and, you know, some <laughs> older people too. It was, it was a really fun group watch.
0: It's cool. Cause like, I mean, you and I don't fall in this category, but a lot of people of our generation, like grew up with these movies mm-hmm. and, you know, we haven't had a Miyazaki movie since 2013. So I think this was a real, a real treat for people to, yeah. to kind of go back and see this again. And you know, you're in for a Miyazaki movie when there's a. Some a lot of cute little creatures in it. So uh-huh. those white things are no exception. Uh yeah, mine was a little. Uh I just literally just got back from from seeing it. Not many people in my theater, but still a decent amount for you know a Japanese film in its like second week of release. Uh and also should be noted that this was number one at the domestic box office last week. So like Ghibli is is moving, you know. I think it's so cool that. They were able to market this movie in Japan with just a poster, and people yeah. still showed up because Miyazaki is a god over there, and rightfully so. Um, so yeah, let's 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 talk about the the boy and the heron. A, a quick synopsis for everybody: That uh, while the Second World War rages, teenage Mahito, haunted by his mother's tragic death in a in a, a bombing, is relocated from Tokyo to the serene rural home of his new stepmother, Natsuko a woman who bears a striking resemblance to the boy's mother. As he tries to adjust, this strange new world grows even stranger following the appearance of a persistent gray heron voiced tremendously by Robert Pattinson (laughs) um, who perplexes and bedevils Mahito, dubbing him the, quote, long-awaited one. A lot to be desired there, a lot to explore there. So what did you think, Jackson? What did you think of the boy and the heron? Why is this on the top five? Uh, yeah, so for me,
1: uh, this is one where I was really, I don't typically care if it's like sub or dubbed, Mm -hmm. but because of like all the hubbub I had heard about like Robert Pattinson's performance, I was like, I gotta see his performance, I gotta know what it is. Yeah, and it was so 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 good. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved it, it was so insanely good. Uh, so that was great, and just like the story in general, too. I feel like this kind of takes maybe a slightly different approach from what I'm used to uh with some Ghibli stuff, Ghibli mm-hmm. stuff. Um, where you I mean, like obviously this seems very personal to Miyazaki and like, you know, his father, like that, his dad like was the dad character basically in this yeah. story. Um and and so it was kind of interesting to see him like kind of deal with his traumas and, and put that to screen in like a more serious way. Like I I feel like um i feel like some of these movies are age appropriate for like basically anybody but i feel like maybe this one is like a slightly older audience uh would maybe get more out of it than than the younger ones this time around which i think is totally fine uh and yeah i don't know it it explores some interesting traumas that i wouldn't mind seeing more of and have that be expanded upon and i feel like i'm gonna like this movie the more i learn and, and 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 think about this movie i guess like i feel like it's just gonna get better and better
0: yeah, I feel like Ghibli movies, especially this one, beg rewatch because I think you mm-hmm. pick something new up every time. It's it's so funny. I watched this and I walked out and I was like, it just this is like the year like Scorsese, Miyazaki, these really old directors kind of coming to terms with their art and their lives mm-hmm. and the way they've chosen to, to spend it, and they're just putting it all out there. You know, everything is very autobiographical, and they're letting. They can get away with things that I don't think most people couldn't. Like Mm -hmm. I think a rookie filmmaker couldn't get away with some of the things Miyazaki does in this movie. There's such like giant leaps and bounds between like just scenery in the movie. Like you're in one place and then you're in another place and like you're just taking these massive leaps, but you don't really pay it any mind because you're just like in this dreamlike world. And it's just, it's It's really something. It just feels like Miyazaki towards the latter part of his career is commenting on the imaginative worlds that he has created. Mm-hmm. I found that to be really impactful for me watching this and i if I think about it longer, I might have a more profound thought on it. But it just feels like at least in the movie, like there's the Mark Hamill character who plays like the grand uncle or whatever, yeah, and it just feels like Miyazaki sees himself as that guy Mm. while also seeing himself as the boy, Mahito. um, that he's like, he's created these landscapes and these surreal worlds to navigate. And he's coming to terms with like passing it on to the next generation. It feels very generational in that Mm -hmm. way. And, and I guess we'll spoil the movie right here that, You know, at the end of the movie, he gets the option to stay and be, you know, king of Candyland, like the fantasy world that he's in. Yeah. Or he can go home to a world that's like riddled with war and doesn't have his Mm -hmm. mom there. Like he could stay here and hang out with his mom in child form, which was just really fun and cute. But he chooses to go home because that's real. That's where his home is. That's where his family and friends are. Like, yeah. I don't know. Just really like feels like Miyazaki. Like I've made all these imaginative worlds for you guys. But remember reality is where we need to be and yeah it, it just felt very yeah it felt very like i know he's making another movie but i know it felt very like final to me but he's still cranking Yeah, he's that would
1: have been an amazing one to end on i feel like thematically for his career and, and summarizing it even like when how it ends to like like whenever he's back, there's like that slight narration where you see like his little brother now who's older and mm. talking about how they move back into the city. And it's just kind of like this, like even like the ending there couldn't be this like, and they live there forever. And it was really fun. And it was like, no, like this is the the beauty of the impermanence of, of everything. And like the, yeah. the constant moving and changing. And yeah, I don't know. Like that's also just something that he does typically with his movies that I love that, like a lot of animation, and just animated movies in general or just movies in general uh, which I I say animation as if like it's its own genre. it really isn't. it is its own medium but uh and is just as valid as any other movies. but um the, something that I find so interesting with his work is like the way he builds these worlds. And then barely bothers to catch anybody up on what any oh, of it is supposed that, to be. Yeah. If you don't know, you don't know. And that's not his problem. That's not your problem. Like, you're just there. Like, it is a dream. Mm-hmm. It is supposed to feel like a dream. And it does. Like, it, it is constantly, like, I don't know what this is. But, like, I'm catching on with these little clues here and there. But I'm never going to get the full picture of, of the scope of the worlds that he creates. And I think that's so cool. when it, because Especially now, because I feel like every movie a lot of the times like tries to like just throw exposition at you and explain yeah. how everything got to be exactly where it was and, and he he's not bothered with that at all. He Skips paints it. his picture, you can enjoy it and uh, yeah it, it, it does not need an exposition dump for yeah. basically any of his
0: Yeah, I felt like at least just when I was watching this one for the first hour, I really found myself like trying to think really hard about like what is what does all this mean? Like why are they cutting up this fish? Why are the Pelicans eating these White little white dudes, and then I just, and then I was just like, I just gotta, I just gotta give myself to this. It, it yeah. turns very quickly from thinking to just feeling, mm-hmm. and then it all comes back at the end, and it it lands the plane, um, very very uh smoothly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and then as you said, I did, I saw the dubbed version as well. I haven't seen the subbed version, but Robert Pattinson, my god, um, it's just like he is a. We say this all the time about Brad Pitt. He's just a a character actor trapped in a leading man's body. Mm-hmm. He is having so much fun, and he's just great. I I was just love to listen to him like chop it up. It was it was awesome. So you, you would
1: never like in a million years get into my head, tell me like I hear him doing his performance, and it's like okay, I'm gonna guess it's Robert Pattinson. Like that would never happen. No, never. Uh, I mean... He's doing something so transformative, and man, like fuck Chris Pratt, man. Like, come on. Like that's like, he's just doing his voice over and over again and just like selling his name to whatever animated project he's doing. And Correct. like Robert Pattinson's is about that life, dude. Like he, he should oh, be Garfield. Is he's what great. Saying. He, he should be Garfield. <laughs> um, wow. You're so right. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. So he was great. I thought this cast was really fun. You know, Willem Dafoe just there for, you know, two minutes voicing a pelican. That was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Florence Batista. yeah. All all these people are there. Mark Hamill, obviously Christian Bale, kind of coming mm-hmm. back and
1: yeah, reprising. Well, not um, not the same role, but he likes but, to come back.
0: Yeah, it is cool because I did read that. So the same voice actor in Japan voiced Howl in oh, cool. Castle. Oh, cool. Okay, so they like it's like the same kept that symmetry. Yeah, which is kind of cool. That's neat. So yeah, I just thought this was a a really really heavy and really imaginative movie. And I had mm-hmm. to put it on to kind of as a capstone on what could be Miyazaki's final movie, but he's still going baby. So we love to see that from him. So yeah, this is my number four and that's your number three. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So let's, um, let's hop to your number five then Jackson. Let's yeah. see what you got.
1: So my number five is one that I watched uh, this year for the first time. It's my neighbor Totoro, cute. which is just such a cute one. And I really wanted to, to talk about it one because it, I think out of all of the movies, this is truly like just vibes. Like there is not a whole lot of plot at all in this no. one. Um, it's just two really young sisters. Um, I think it's the the Fannings, perhaps. In the, yeah, in it the is. Dub, yeah, which is really fun. Really, like really good. Um, and the creatures, I just think are so much fun. Like Totoro is like this big giant like bunny thing cat guy, and there's the cat bus, which is like super iconic as well. Um, but I wanted to talk about it because I was, you know, FaceTiming my baby cousin who's like five or six Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I was showing her like my cat Pete who, Pip, who is, uh, this giant ginormous cat now, um, (laughs) (laughs) which is named after our squeaker award. Um, and she was like, oh, he's like Totoro or she's like Totoro. And, uh, I was like, yeah, you've seen my neighbor Totoro. And she's like, yeah, I love it. And it's just like, oh, that's awesome! Like, I that's love great. that. Like, oh, it's such. I don't know. Like, I feel like that's the movie to show little kids if, like, you want to get them into like something like this. And
0: it's There's just like the oh, gateway. The gateway. Yeah, to, it's to it's gateway. so good. It's so so good. Yeah, it's just on the outskirts of my list, but mm-hmm. but it's exactly what you you mentioned. Like, it is the encapsulation of like I have one on my list that's kind of like this, but the encapsulation of just no plot but vibes. Like, mm-hmm. and I think Totoro has become like the namesake the face of, of ghibli now like it's in the yeah. it's in when the production credits on the screen when it comes up and mm-hmm. you're right it's just a, it's just a lovely vibe you know totoro shows up just like what couple times like you you go in and you're like thinking like oh this is gonna be a big thing and it's like 86 minutes you're in and you're out and you're just like mm-hmm. i don't know what i watched but i felt good you know it's a warm hug yeah. it's great we uh we love it so yeah it's just off my list but um but yeah, who else is in this cast? Just the fannings of the ones I remembered off the top of the dome. But it's a great cast. I don't know either. Okay, wonderful. Um, okay, my number five is... What is my number five? My number five is a movie that I watched for the first time just a couple months ago. And my number five is Ponyo, which I just really loved it's just about this this little boy who develops a relationship with this goldfish princess Mm -hmm. and voiced by noah cyrus which is wonderful yeah and the five-year-old boy i think is frankie jonas so like the Mm -hmm. Jonas brothers and the miley cyrus are getting together uh this little goldfish princess just wants to be a human so bad Mm -hmm. because she like forms this deep connection with this little boy and ah it's so innocent it's so sweet it's adorable like really stunning animation of kind of this underwater world and there's just this scene where like the oceans like rise up and there's this giant flood and storm and just the animation very, of this very
1: is, similar to uh Aquaman.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Abby pointed that out. She's like, it's like Aquaman kind of.
0: S- step aside, James Wan. Miyazaki <laughs> did it first. Um, just really stunning and, and just really magical from this was my pick. Kind of like yours. This is like the no plot, just vibes. Like yeah. There is plot in this. Like they're looking for his his mother, voiced by Tina fey which is just also really fun. Awesome. Um, just a really sweet story about these little kids who grow a fondness for each other. And they come from like two different worlds. It's just mm-hmm. really sweet. Liam Neeson plays like this ocean master guy yeah. who like has to take care of the ocean. Uh Matt Damon's in this one, too, as the dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cate Blanchett is, like, the spirit of the ocean going on, and there's, like, Betty White's doing a bit, and all this, just a great cast. This was so fun. Yeah,
1: so this is on my list, too. This is my number two pick, oh, um, which it's... I watched for the first time this week, and as a kid, I would always see trailers for this. Like, this, the Pondy trailer was always on, like, a lot of my DVDs growing up. I don't yeah. know i guess that time that time frame i guess and i always just assumed that it sucked i don't know why like as a kid i was was kind of the same
0: way i don't know why Um, but
1: i don't uh, know why i really have no idea why um i thought it was so silly and stupid but i watched it for the first time this week and oh my god it is so cute and it is so good and there's like just enough plot to be like oh shit like this is like yeah you stay in it um and liam neeson who is doing like like an underwater David Bowie kind of thing like <laughs> like that whole character yeah. is, is so fun mm-hmm. um shout out to Betty White also who has a fun little role as an old lady in this um that's, that's really good but yeah i think, I think it, Lily
0: Tomlin's in there too yeah there's Morris there's Lee a Trump. bunch
1: yeah um yeah it is just such a fun like I, like the colors are so vibrant like the whole scene oh my god the scene where like the captain is like at sea and they're like using the signal to like do Morse code oh, to each other and, like, and talk is so great. And also so funny when like the mom's mad at him and is like, like saying like bug off, bug off, bug off, like just over and over. And like the way like it, it it's shown is so funny. Um This one's like, this one for me is like the funniest of the Miyazaki movies. And I think mm-hmm. they're all like really, really good. Um
0: Yeah. I was like, I was, I was
1: laughing like a lot while watching this. Yeah, this it's is definitely
0: weird. like one of the lighter ones mm-hmm. on my list. I would say I think the they just get darker as I go. I think yeah. So, this is ain't yeah.
1: I I do want to say really quick too. I think something that Miyazaki does that is really interesting is all of the parents in these movies are like the nicest people. <laughs> like they are so so sweet and like they're so fun um and just so kind like especially my neighbor totoro and in this one too like they're just like wow like these are these are great parents i love them
0: yeah i think it's just like the the generational thing he's trying to get by like these Mm -hmm. kids are this way because their parents are so lovely Mm -hmm. it's great it's good stuff so yeah ponyo is adorable i watched it for the first time on on a plane and it was the best plane trip i've ever had so it was great no notes wonderful stuff um so that's my number five uh, and my number 4 is The Boy and the Heron so. Nice. Uh what's your number 4?
1: Yeah, so my number 4 is uh Howl's Moving Castle, which I just watched this week. Nice. Um which is really fun. The American cast is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh we got uh Christian Bale of course as Howl. And Billy Crystal as Calcifer, who is this fire demon that moves the the big giant ship castle, castle thing and he's so fun that was like one i did not know i needed uh-huh. uh but like it was it, it made perfect sense and it was, it was super great you also have josh Hutcherson as markle who's this like young little wizard boy who is super weird but then the main character is just this this girl named sophie who is this sweet young girl who works at a hat shop who gets cursed to look like an to be an old woman and it is that one, like, weirdly, like, fucked me up a little bit, like, watching it, just because, like, I don't know, like, like I was like, oh, my gosh, that's, like, the worst curse ever. She got turned instantly into this old woman, and now, like, your whole perspective of life is changed and different, and now, who knows how much time you got left. I don't know, like, it, it immediately stressed me out, which was just like, wow, <laughs> I I am gripped. Yeah. Uh, but she is so cute, and she's such a positive character throughout the whole thing that it, it just felt really good. Um, and I love like the door portals that they have, and like all that fun little world building stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just weird, and I and I really really liked it.
0: Yeah, there aren't any like clear cut villains in this yeah. one, really, which is uh-huh. kind of cool. And it's also kind of cool because I have I have um one a lot coming up that kind of have to deal with like the violent nature of the world. Mm-hmm. This one really is about like no one is violent. It's very pacifistic i would say like you do have
1: the witch i guess who like cursed um cursed her but then it's kind of like this interesting idea of like um because like of course howl has this curse type thing too where he's like turning into like a bird monster thing and it is very much like beauty and the beast but like way cooler um and it's kind of just i don't know like i feel like it's kind of just take what you're given and make the best of the situation seems to be the the theme's Always um, a big theme, and oh yeah, and Jib- but deeply. like especially in this one too, where just like you are cursed to be this old lady, you are cursed <laughs> to turn into this bird monster thing. Uh, you're a fire demon who's bound to this castle. Like, there's a whole bunch of fun, like weird stuff. Um, and it's just really great. I don't know. There's like, and they kind of do some of the weird like 3D animation on the castle that like mm-hmm. makes it stand out, like and move interesting. And I thought that worked really well in this, and. Yeah. uh yeah, it's great.
0: Be compassionate to old people, guys, I think yeah. is, is the takeaway.
1: That's true. The old people in these movies are always just amazing.
0: They're just elder statesmen who are always just trying mm. to help, or or they're evil witches, but they always come. That's true. It's it's one or, <laughs> it's one or the yeah, other.
1: <laughs> the nicest or the worst. Yeah, so
0: um, that's wonderful. Howes didn't make it on mine, but it's also like an honorable mention. All, yeah. like, all of these are honorable mentions. Yeah. I have not watched a Ghibli movie that I don't like. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And I'll have all the supplemental mentions when we're done, but um that's great. That was your number 4? Mm-hmm. Okay, wonderful. My number 3 then is and your number 3 is Boy and the Heron. Yep. Okay, cool. My number 3 uh is Princess Mononoke. Have you seen nice. this
1: one? I haven't. This is on God. my watch list. I was so bummed I couldn't get around to it this week. This
0: this one is great. Uh so there's this prince uh of like this This disappearing like tribe of people Mm -hmm. who is cursed by another curse, cursed by this God voiced by Keith David. He's like a giant boar.
1: That's awesome. I love Keith David. Uh,
0: He has to go like travel to find a cure. And along the way, he encounters uh, this human woman fighting to protect the forest. Uh, And there's another person that's trying to destroy it. And this prince must like find a way to kind of bring balance to the conflict. So this one is really gritty and violent. Um, it really holds nothing back. Like there are some really shocking grisly scenes of death uh, and destruction. This is a fun cast as well. Billy Crudup, Claire Danes, uh, Mini Driver, Billy Bob Thornton. And of course, Keith David is this boar. God is just tremendous. I love Billy Bob Thornton. Tremendous too. stuff. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun cast. It's a good cast. Um and this one really kind of tackles the stories of like environmentalism and kind of what we do to the natural world and how we destroy it which is like these gods personify the natural world of the forest and and just the relationship of humans trying to take advantage of it it's really really profound and really dark and gritty and definitely not um the fun and whimsical ghibli that you're looking for but I think it's a really, really striking imagery, really cool story to tell. And there's this giant wolf that's really cool. And it's all good stuff. I would highly recommend it. And you're going to watch it and you're going to be like, oh, oh God, like there's some <laughs> tough stuff. So pretty gruesome
1: stuff. Pretty did gruesome. you? Yeah, I guess did that like, because I hadn't seen like the real gory stuff or anything like that. So like mm-hmm. whenever I got to the boy and the heron, And, you know, he, like, hits himself in the head with the rock, and he's bleeding. I was like, oh, oh, man. Um,
0: Yeah, you're going to be shocked.
1: (laughs) Also, just, like, this is just something I'm thinking about now with the boy and the heron. Mm. There's a scene with a bunch of, like, parakeets, which are amazing.
0: Amazing. But, like, at
1: at one point, like, the birds just, like, shit on everybody. (laughs) And, like, everyone's just chilling, and, like, nobody's, like, disgusted. Everyone's just like, all right.
0: It's so funny. Even like early in the movie, the heron like flies into his windowsill, and there's also shit on the windows. Yeah, and, and like, then he just puts
1: his hand like on it, kind of. <laughs> yeah, and, like... he,
0: doesn't he doesn't care. It's great. Yeah,
1: I thought that was insane. I loved it. But
0: yeah, it's just always like you. It's like you look at this imagery, and like I think I even read about Totoro that like Miyazaki just drew this image of like at the bus stop of Totoro and the girl at the bus stop, and then he <laughs> built a movie around that. Like yeah. I feel like he does that all the time. He's like, this would be so cool. And I'm going to incorporate it in my movie in some way. And that's where like the plot, people are like, but the plot. I was like, yeah, but the imagery and the feelings. So <laughs> um, yeah, I would recommend uh, Mononoke. So yeah, that's my number three. And number, t- what's your number two? You said Ponyo.
1: Ponyo is my number two, yeah.
0: I think my number two is your number one.
1: Okay, let's get into it.
0: So tell me about Spirited Away.
1: This was my first. This is my first ever introduction. It was my Studio well. Ghibli. Yeah. Um. I don't have the, the the cast list up right now, and it's hard to find because I feel like they changed this... it on Letterboxd. Like some, like for oh, some yeah. movies, you can find the English dub, and some they they don't show it at all. I wish there was like a feature where you could like swap through them or something.
0: I didn't write down the cast because the Spirited Away cast is. It's not like big name like A-listers. It's like voice actors like
1: but, Yeah, it's like actual voice actors. Like I I couldn't tell you the actual person but like uh the Lilo voice actress is uh uh is it Chichiro or yeah, Chichiro Yeah. Davy
0: um, Elizabeth Chase. Yeah. She's so, yeah, great. Like the voice of Lilo and it's really fun. fun.
1: Um Yeah, so this was like my first introduction to it and I think for me as far as like fantastical ideas the whole like spa for like the spirit the spirit realm where everyone can come in and like yeah. get a nice spa day is like one of the weirdest but like that's all I need like that is enough um for me to yep. get into it um it's really fun it's crazy like the the intro is really interesting with like the main character she's moving to a new town like a new like house which is actually like now that I think about it on almost every single one that I've seen like the idea of like moving uh, to a new place is like at the core of basically everything. Yeah. Uh, So maybe that's a good time to introduce it to your kid, like a a new place and a new, um, I don't know, perspective, I guess, which is pretty Mm. interesting, but basically her parents get, uh, they get turned into pigs because they eat this delicious looking food. And Carter, we we have to talk about the studio Ghibli food. Oh yeah. Delicious. (laughs) And oh my gosh. Um, even those fish guts looked a little tasty, I guess. And the boy and the heron.
0: Yeah, even when they're scarfing it down, I noticed in the boy and the heron too. It's just such a simplest thing. He's just she butters some toast and puts some jelly on it.
1: Yeah, and it, and it drips looks so good.
0: Drips down his cheeks. <sighs> even when they're pigging out on this food, like they're just scarfing it down. Like, yeah, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. It's yeah. just it's tangible. It's great. But yeah, they turn into pigs. Great. Yeah, stuff. so they
1: turn into pigs. Also really stressful situation if i'm this girl i might just go home and hope i wake up from the dream because that's yeah. it's not even like much. they're
0: talking pigs they're just pigs no they're just pigs yeah
1: um which is really scary mm-hmm. and basically she has to like you know like work within this system to like pass the test to to get her parents out basically and she mm-hmm. has this guy Haku, who's helping her um who has this whole plot line but again like it's just mostly vibes like you you'll get it along the way but like it's not not this like super important thing but um yeah, yeah it's just really fun like i feel like this is where we get that one spirit who is like really tall and and wears the black and has like the white face mask and kind of like runs around and that that's like also a huge part of like ghibli lore i feel like yeah definitely. Uh, as far as like the iconography but yeah like we have i have actually literally you can see in my background carter i have spirited away uh oh like yeah carter, like, Look at you. um and then in the <laughs> we have the spa one of the uh, like the, the ducks in the like the giant duck ducklings yep. just sitting in the spot that's in our bathroom Uh, <laughs> I love this movie it is so beautiful I think this is maybe my pref- like just as far as like looking at the art I feel like every frame of this is like oh, it's yeah. own masterpiece and there's mm-hmm. so much to look at um, but yeah it, it, and also the witch is probably the most iconic villain antagonist probably of, of Ghibli lore of Ghibli stuff yep. yeah like um, super fun. Her baby gets turned into a mouse, and then he prefers to stay a mouse at the end of the movie, and that's cool too. Like that's just how it goes,
0: except your circumstances, man. Yeah, we, we love it. Um, yeah, this was also my entry point to to Ghibli. I watched it for the first time in COVID. I think with Will. I think Will showed nice. it to me because he also loves this movie. Um, really, that's so interesting. Yeah, isn't it? To me, yeah. it's like to me this is like Miyazaki's like Wizard of Oz or totally. like Alice in Wonderland or something like mm-hmm. that really the full encapsulation, I think, of the fantasy and supernatural worlds that he likes to play with to express the human emotions of a child in a big way. And Mm -hmm. yeah, just kind of the vessel in between worlds, being in between the world of like a child and an adult. I think Mm -hmm. he comes back to that all the time. Like, what do you do when you're just in between there? And yeah, no giant names, just kind of all voice acting cast legends. So it's just a really... Sweet story. And the, again, yeah. I called you a, a soot ball earlier. And soot sprite. They're so, sprite so cute. And uh, that's with love. Those so. are also
1: like super iconic. I feel like those those are probably the second most iconic, if not for Totoro, just like the soot sprites, like running around doing their cute thing.
0: Yeah. So iconic that they made like a small animated short with Grogu. Yeah, remember I... that? Oh, yeah. Remember oh, that? It's so weird. And and the, yes, I do remember sprites. that. Soot sprites. <laughs> which everyone was like, oh my gosh, Studio Ghibli is doing a collab with Star Wars. And then it was just like this this three-minute little That's anime cute short, which was I'll cute. Have to, I'll have to rewatch that. Yeah. If you can spare three minutes, enjoy it. <laughs> um, yeah, wonderful. This is my number two. Okay. Um, so my number one is a curveball because it's not a Miyazaki movie. Mm. This was actually probably, without me knowing it, my first actual foray into Ghibli. Spirited Away was the one where I was like, oh, this is a Studio Ghibli movie. But like going back, I realized that this one that I watched is a Ghibli movie first. Um, And I think I also talked about this on our, uh, I think our Asian cinema appreciation episode Mm. that we did a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, This is called Grave of the Fireflies.
1: Oh, I do remember you talking about this.
0: Yeah, this is directed by Isao Takahata, which is also one of the three directors that kind of, or two directors that founded Ghibli yeah. with Miyazaki. Uh, this is like one of the first, this came out in 1988 or yeah, somewhere in the eighties. And this is about in the final months of world war II, Uh this 14 year old and his little sister are orphaned when their mother's killed during an air raid. So like kind of similar to boy in the Heron yeah. kind of vibes. Um so after kind of having like a falling out with their aunt, they move into this abandoned bomb shelter that they find, these two kids, and with no surviving relatives and just their rations to work with, they just like survive, struggle to survive in this bomb shelter. When I tell you that this is the most unrelenting, devastating movie you'll ever watch, um, it's it's brutal. This is kind of the mold of... I think following children through the bigger ideas in the world, like a loss of innocence kind of yeah. that they, they tackle that is talked about over and over again in Ghibli movies and a lot of wartime movies and the trauma that World War II caused the, mm-hmm. the Japanese people. I think they always come back to that. Um, I also was just thinking a lot about this one in the wake of Godzilla minus one, two, yeah. very strangely, where like this month I've just watched these devastatingly beautiful Japanese stories about devastation and mm-hmm. like the human resilience. And this is a very mature animated movie. Um, And it always comes back to, you've mentioned it earlier, just that when Del Toro won the Oscar for Pinocchio where he's like, this isn't a genre, it's a medium. Like yeah. I always, I, this is not just a story for kids, like animation. This is a brutal beautifully heart-wrenching movie and I would recommend it but it's one of those movies where you watch it and you're like I will never be able to watch that again so yeah um kind of a downer to end my top five list but uh <laughs> but it's just the most powerful one I've I've, I've watched of Ghibli and I think it, the full gamut of Ghibli is is not displayed in my list but yeah I I ended it on a on a pretty sour note, but it's a gorgeous story. So I'd recommend it, but you will cry. So there is that. Amazing. Um, wonderful. That's my top five. Uh and your top five. Mm-hmm. Should we uh let's recap real quick. What was your top five and then we'll do some honorable mentions?
1: Yeah. So uh my top five at number five, I had my neighbor Totoro going up to Howl's Moving Castle. Number three, I had the boy and the heron.
0: And Ponyo and at number 1 Spirited Away beautiful. My number 5 was Ponyo, my number 4 the boar and the the boar, the boy and the heron, 3 Princess Mononoke, 2 Spirited Away and 1 Grave of the Fireflies. Are there any honorable mentions that you watched and feel that just deserve a the, a spot in the sun for a minute? Yeah, I got one, uh Kiki's
1: Delivery Service, which is really cute. Cute one. But just not enough not enough like whimsy for me to throw in here.
0: Just a, just a, a witch trying to find her way in a new community. Yeah, It's good stuff. Uh, yeah, I have a few, uh, I want to shout out the wind rises, which Mm. was supposedly Miyazaki's final movie until he said psych. (laughs) Um, it's kind of just a love letter to, to flight and talks about like Japanese aviation, which is definitely, uh, speaking on his, his father's experience and, and everything. So that one I thought was a really good capstone on his career too, but then he was like psych ten years later. So uh it's a good one. It's more of like a it's almost like a biopicy feel in animation, yeah. which is kind of cool. So I'd recommend that one. Uh I did check out Porco Rosso because I was so yeah. intrigued. By I saw it. that you yeah, I saw that you logged <laughs> it. Um it was great. Had no idea. You know the voice of this this no, man I don't. who's been cursed as a pig. Uh Michael Keaton was the dub and just
1: that's awesome.
0: Absolutely. Tremendous. Um, Really fun. This guy gets cursed to be uh, a pig. He's a, a World War One Italian fighter pilot and he lives as a bounty hunter, but he was, was cursed to be a pig. So it's it's just great stuff. Amazing. Like a big metaphor there, maybe heavy hitting that he's a pig and he's like, uh, men are pigs. Am I right? And, you know, fascism. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the final one I'll mention is um Castle in the sky, which is an early Miyazaki yeah. one. um this little girl has a crystal and they have to race against pirates and stuff and find this legendary floating castle. more adventure mm-hmm. uh whimsical adventure than than having like deeper impact or profound meeting, I would say, but still a really uh really fun time. um I think that's all. That I've checked out. Um, the it's called Zen Grogu and the Dust Bunnies. That's the animated. Ooh, okay. Shirt. So check out the Dust Bunnies if you want. Um, wonderful. Any final thoughts on on Ghibli before I take us to the box? Yeah, I was gonna say.
1: Uh- you talked about Wind Rises and how that was going to be his last one. And mm-hmm. it seems like maybe as he's exploring these uh, processes, he's maybe uncovering some trauma or, or story that he wants to tell along the way. Like, obviously, these past couple ones seem very personal to him. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, I'm really curious what's going to be, like, the actual final one. If this is the one that's amazing, like, if this is, like, what ends up being the last one ever officially told on screen, like... I think this is a great one to end on. But if he does something even more personal, I think we are in for a treat because, man, these are these are really
0: good. Yeah, I I just do the comparison of Scorsese. Like, I think he'll just make movies till he drops. Yeah, really, I think it just keeps pulling him back in, and he has more stories to tell. So, I don't know. It's either going to be a real another really personal movie, or it's going to be like a Ponyo and it's going to be just a a fun, cute, little whimsical one again. And I'm also- fine with either
1: you talking about like his his love for like aircrafts and stuff i i don't know if this is like ever been the case but i really hope him and spielberg just sit down and have a chat i feel like that'd be really cool because he also like got his like start in filmmaking by like filming like uh like planes and like plane yards and stuff and like getting really into stuff like that so i don't know i feel like there would maybe a a cool shared connection there and you talk Uh,
0: about like two people who have like revisited time and time again world war ii and like mm-hmm, that generation totally. two very different perspectives yeah for like the greatest generation and one who was just you know traumatized and and traumatized yeah it. so there could definitely be some interesting uh some layers there so yeah i hope totally. we speak that into existence i don't know if they've ever collabed also they maybe have but i don't know but they should so great stuff wonderful Let's move on to what's in the box. What's in the box. Uh, Do you have any reviews, Jackson, of any uh, Ghibli movies from Letterboxd that you like?
1: I completely forgot.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Well, I have two for you then. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I'm so sorry. I I dropped the ball there. No worries. I have uh, one from Sophie. Five stars for Spirited Away. Uh, my goal in life is to turn into soot and carry coal into a burning furnace, only to be rewarded with little star candies by a bathhouse worker and celebrate with my little sootball friends. Mm, yeah, that sounds like a good life. And I can agree. Um, and my my last one is, this is five stars from The shrillest uh, for Ponyo. And it's, I do have a girlfriend. She just lives in another ecosystem, okay? <laughs> um, Amazing. Beautiful. I have one I just found. Um,
1: oh, good. Uh, this is for the boy and the heron. Mm-hmm. Uh it's four stars from Blu-ray Angel. Amazing name. Great name. Uh, said, if my dad married my mom's my mom's younger sister, I'd probably be pissed too.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was that's quite something. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. Jackson, let's move on to you feeling lucky. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you? And I want to have two brief conversations with you. The first one's kind of a a game per se, and the mm-hmm. second one's just a combo. When I want to have with you, um, so Spirited Away is the only Miyazaki film to win an Oscar. Okay, mm-hmm. the one the animated best animated feature Oscar back in the day. I want you. There were five other um Ooh. Studio Ghibli movies that were nominated for best animated feature. But they lost to these movies. So I'm not going to make you guess anything. I'm just going to have you blind rank the movies that beat them for the Oscar.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting.
0: Yes. So there's five movies here. And I'm going to have you blind rank them one to five, which you think was the best. Okay. Let's do it. Amazing. I am going to start with uh, Frozen. Who to beat out? Frozen beat out The Wind Rises.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. I don't like Frozen very much. I'm gonna put it at four. Okay. Uh, when I saw that movie, it was after the hype, and I was like, "All right, let's check this
0: out." Were you and working in the movie theater at that time? Like, had you seen it or heard it so many times that you? Were I don't like, think
1: I was. I because that was definitely in high school, and I worked it. Like when I worked there, but 2013
0: or 14. I think it
1: might have been just before I worked there. Gotcha. But like I remember watching it because I was definitely in high school, and it just I was like, "This is fine, yeah, it's fine." I don't know, it's it wasn't worth the craze.
0: Damn, but that's that's Disney. Jackson won't be on the Frozen podcast when Frozen <laughs> Three comes out and four. I think they're making two of them anyway. Um, uh, okay. Um, Wallace and Gromit in the Curse of the Were Rabbit.
1: I kind of like this movie.
0: This beat Howl's uh, Moving Castle.
1: That's fucked up. That should not. That should not have <laughs> happened. Uh, I do like this movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna put it at five just because. Okay. I think that is way more atro- like that's super atrocious. I get yeah. why Frozen one. It had its whole like cultural moment of that year. It was what everyone was talking about nonstop. Yeah, definitely. I get it. Uh, Wallace <laughs> and Gromit. Uh, no, I've never seen Classic. That. Everyone likes it. Like it, it's been a cartoon for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very british and dry i think sean the sheep is like the same like company yeah. so and Ard, i know that Ardman, did pretty yeah. yeah so i don't know like i i liked it as a kid it's not better than uh House movie House castle. And castle. Sure. very so fair that in five uh
0: the last three ghibli movies are ones we i don't think either of us have seen okay they're not miyazaki movies uh the next one is uh inside out Oh. It beat uh, a movie called When Marnie Was There. This is not a Miyazaki movie, but it is a Ghibli film.
1: I'm gonna put that at two, just to be
0: safe. Inside Out at two. Yeah. Beautiful. Very nice. Uh, next, we have uh, Zootopia. It beat out The Red Turtle, which is a movie I have that not seen cute. either. That's uh,
1: I'm going to put that at three. I definitely like it better than Frozen out of the like Disney animated new stuff that they've been doing. Uh, not
0: perfect, but better than Frozen. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to be quite pleased with what you've done here, Jackson. Okay. Because uh, the last one is Big Hero 6.
1: I like Big Hero 6. So, you I know, know you I, do. I, I, I do think I prefer... I think Inside Out is the better movie for sure. But Big Hero 6 at one, I am not even a little bit upset at that. That's that great. is a fun...
0: Fun choice
1: and a good rewatch.
0: That beat out out. The Tale of Princess Kaguya, which I also have not seen. Um, Wonderful. So, amazing. Number five, uh, Wallace and Gromit in The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Number four, Frozen. Number three, Zootopia. Number two, Inside Out. And number one, Big Hero 6. That's a very good list, my friend. You're Mm -hmm. good at these, and I'm not. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, The final one, just a little convo I want to have with you, is about the boy and the heron. Yeah. And and what you think about its Oscar chances this year um, for animated? It's a pretty competitive category, I think. this I know. year. but I think it's got a, I think it's got a really good shot at getting it's it. Re- By, to me, it's between Spider Verse and, and this. Yeah, I would think
1: it's it's really interesting because that was kind of one of the first things I thought
0: about leaving the theater. You were just like, "Wow, like, that, know, is that going to win?" Or
1: yeah, I was, I was really curious just because, like, well, one when when uh, Into the Spider Verse won in a couple years ago
0: 18 yeah
1: yeah. Mm -hmm. um i was so so happy for them because Mm -hmm. like this was like a movie that was pushing pushing the mold a little bit breaking the mold doing something a little different and and i love across the spider-verse i don't think it's a perfect movie i don't think it's better than into the Mm spider-verse i feel like if it wins over the boy and the heron i will be disappointed um just because i feel like the boy and the heron is I don't know like I feel like it is very much like the love letter to Miyazaki like this is maybe one of his final projects yeah Uh, the wind rises like you said didn't win Um, I don't know maybe it's the time maybe it's time to mix it up a little bit like is it safe at this point to go with a Spider-Man like animated movie uh, yeah. as the winner I don't know like they definitely did a lot Um, you know there's also all that stuff that came out about how like the animators were overworked and underpaid <laughs> yeah. and it was kind of fucked up situations over there. Uh, I I don't know how Studio Ghibli runs their their animators. I hope they don't work them to the bone. Well, this was
0: I I think the Boy and the Heron was like six years in production, so sure. I I don't yeah, think it's, they do. it's not they take their time. In that, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so I kind of hope the Boy and the Heron beats
0: out uh,
1: Across the Spider Verse. What about What about you? What do you think?
0: Yeah i i I really don't have a feeling of which way it's it's gonna go. Like I feel like Spider Verse yeah. is gonna get. Like I feel like there's a strong chance for a score nomination for totally. Spider-Verse, which totally. could like lean it in another way. But then also there's a world where maybe I don't know if, if Japan has already submitted their film that they're wanted to for do. International. Uh they might have, but I don't remember. Like there could be a world where the boy and the heron falls in that category also. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think it's definitely between those two. Do you think I, I wrote down uh eight more movies that i think are like competing for it but i don't think they have a shot yep. you let me know if they have a shot um trolls band together N- no
1: <laughs> i think it would, uh, it could be nah but i don't think it would yeah. have a shot of winning
0: uh migration
1: that's an interesting one. We haven't seen a whole lot of it other than like a few trailers. Mm-hmm. I think it comes uh, out maybe next weekend. Yeah, yeah, I think it's soon. There was an ad that talked about Little Duck energy and Avi saw it and was just like, now why would they do that? Like, <laughs> what's going on over there? Um, so who knows? I don't know what that movie's mm-hmm. going to be. Uh, namona That one, I would be kind of happy to see get a knob. That's the Netflix mm-hmm. one. It's a mm-hmm. graphic novel adaptation. Uh, it was really cute. I I quite enjoyed that movie.
0: Uh, Dawn of the Nugget, the Chicken Run sequel. Speaking of Curse of the Were Rabbit, that, that came out right, or did it? I think it comes out either this weekend. It's a Netflix one too. Okay, it's soon. Um, it's it's this month, so it's coming yeah. out soon. Um, Wish, which I think I don't, I don't, I don't think it has a chance. It might get nominated. I think yeah. I might get a song nomination, but I don't know. Three Barbie songs for Golden Globes. I don't know. Could be a competitive. I think
1: Barbie's gonna. I I hope... Barbie's gonna win but i don't know how how it works like do you submit your song for nomination like do you pick one or is it kind of just like they just vote on a bunch of songs
0: well i don't know how it used to be or i don't know how it is now actually but it used to be that you could just submit as many songs as you wanted from your yeah. movie like lion king historically like i think nominated like four songs had like four songs or three songs in one one of them so i don't know if it's still that way if they limit it to one per movie but if I that... just feel like it's a huge mistake
1: for Barbie to push like, like the I'm just Ken over the like Billy Eilish, stuff, like the now what I'm yeah the Billy Eilish song I feel like is the song.
0: I think there's also a world where the Dua Lipa song yeah. gets in there too. Totally. So, so I don't know, and then I don't really know any other movies with. I mean, I guess the Color Purple is there, but is that an original song? I don't know. Um, Little
1: Mermaid.
0: Yeah, there Maybe. were some original songs in that. I guess there was that. Abomination of a Lin Manuel Miranda rap that happened in the middle, boy. (laughs) Um, Two more I wrote down: Um, Mutant Mayhem, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I would, I would love for that to get a nomination. Mm -hmm. I would love that so much. Um, Oh, I guess I had two more after Elemental, which totally sure might have a chance. And then finally, of course. Do you think Mario gets gets nominated? Do you think it makes it in there? It
1: made so much money. I think it has to. Like, does, as far does Peaches as like,
0: get in there too?
1: Uh, I hope not. To get
0: Jack Black to perform at the Oscars,
1: I'm sure that will happen regardless of if it gets nominated. <laughs> he might host him, um, which would be a treat. I'd be down for that. Uh, yeah, I feel like between if I if it were up to me and I could choose the nominations uh-huh. and it's like five right for the category, yeah, five noms. I would definitely do. The Boy and the Heron. Mm. I definitely do Spider Verse. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think, was so much, so much fun. Uh, I feel like Ma- Mario feels like a safe bet just because it truly was dominating the box office for so long. Yeah. And ooh, who would my fifth slot be?
0: I'd probably, Maybe, if I were the, me, I'd probably give it to Elemental. I, I was like going to say the...
1: Elemental over like Wish. Like
0: you got to have more. You got to like, have a Disney one in there. Stuff.
1: Yeah. Um and like that, that feels like a safer bet yeah
0: I mean wish bombed like it's a it's a bomb and Elemental so. had a really
1: weird wave of like no, nobody saw wave. it and then like everybody saw it and it actually broke a bunch of records for them so
0: I think because it opened it like in the middle of the summer against like a big movie I can't remember I think it just it fell weird. into the Barbie Oppenheimer wake and like uh, yeah I think that the hype wasn't around it but then Disney Plus it was like oh shit I think there's some they do some
1: like interesting things. You know what's crazy? It's really I cool. feel like uh, a Miyazaki elemental take. Now that would be Ooh, awesome. Well uh, I don't know. Like I, I don't know. Like there, there's so many. Like they do a lot of elemental things throughout Miyazaki stuff. Like you have people made of water and fire and and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And it always just feels so much more
0: fun in those. But Miyazaki direct in a Last Airbender movie. About that, I, sure. Like, or do the do an the spirit movie. world? Yeah, yeah. Why not? That'd be fun. Good stuff. Would he um, ever do it? He would never do
1: anything like that. Like, I don't think he would what ever like a live action, like a like an oh, IP. Mean, thing. Oh, established. Like, IP. I don't think he would ever.
0: No, ever he's too much. Like, like, he likes to create his own worlds. I don't think he would do. Maybe
1: like Scorsese doing a Marvel movie. I, I just don't think it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's in the cards.
0: Yikes! Um, <laughs> well, great. Okay, good combo there. We'll see if we're we're right when it comes when it comes down to it. Um amazing. That's it. We did it. Woo! Uh Jackson, where can people yes. follow us on Instagram and social media and TikTok?
1: They can follow us on Instagram and TikTok
0: at Roughcut underscore pod. And where can they follow us on Twitter, Carter? You can follow us at Roughcut underscore co. Uh tune in next week. Uh it'll be like Christmas, which is fun. So Jackson and I will be talking about. You be the judge if it's a Christmas movie. It's A Wonderful Life next week. Ooh, never and seen it. Carter will come in with the hot takes. Maybe upon rewatch, I'll be like, yeah, it is a Christmas movie. But I firmly <laughs> am standing on that it. it's not right now. And we'll probably have a debate, which will be really fun. So cool. I can't wait for that. And it's always wonderful with you, Jackson. And <laughs> I feel spirited away with you. Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. In case I don't see you. Afternoon, good evening and good night.